Hey, RV Renovation Nation. Welcome to the New Look RV Renovation Podcast. Today, we're talking with a couple whose sanity and relationship were both tested through RV renovation and travel. Em and Jane's willingness to learn and persevere through challenges is not just an example of how to be successful at RV renovation, but how to thrive in life and relationships. So let's talk life and schoolies with Em and Jane of Camp Lovesick. You guys sound like you've, you've done this other times, so you're experts. Just a couple times, yeah. But yeah, which is <laughs> more, more than most, so. We're not, right. a, you know, yeah, we're not pros. <laughs> we don't have a podcast agent booking our, uh, <laughs> our appearance. Not yet. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, first of all, Em and Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for spending this time with us. We're really excited to hear your story. We're happy yeah, to for be sure. here. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah. And uh, we want to largely uh, deep dive a little bit on schoolies and your experiences there. But I guess first and foremost, we'd like to just hear a little bit about how, how we've arrived here. How did you guys get into the concept of tiny living? How did you get into RV renovation? Wow. There's got to be a story there. Oh my God, there's so many stories. Yeah. It depends. I think there's a story for well, each section. It starts with the schoolie though. So we can maybe start there, say how it progressed, and then turn around and come back. Yeah, it definitely started with a school yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. So we um, married and then having a normal, chill suburban life. But <laughs> before we did that, we wanted to just do kind of one last hurrah of a trip. So uh, we started looking into kind of smaller trips that we could take, but M is a teacher. And so the way that the school system works, it was either we take a two-month trip or we take a 14-month long trip. And just traveling in the peak tourist season is like great, but it's really expensive. And it's also like, then you're just crowded with people and you might not get right. those authentic experiences. So we're like, oh, I wish we could just go like in February, but you can't just take a month off teaching because they already give you your summers. So, so it was right. kind of like, well, what if we just and since we can't get everything that we want to see in in the summer, um, why don't we just take the year off and we we go traveling? And then that kind of led us to, well, if we're going to take a year to go traveling, why don't we build a bus for it? Because I was obsessed with them at the time anyway. So I mm-hmm. they were always on my radar and tiny homes and that kind of thing. And we just figured um, if we take the rent that we would have been paying for that full year, and save that rent up kind of in advance, but now use that as our budget to build the schoolie, then we're not actually losing any money. Like it costs us the same to be traveling as it would be to just be living our regular lives in suburbia. So we figured, hey, like the math checks out, let's do this. And, and we, but we had no building experience. Like we built a shelf one time and like it was, <laughs> It was constantly falling down. It was we bound so, to kill someone. So like, proud. <laughs> and I feel like that's the thing. We had zero experience, 100%, maybe 300% confidence. Yes, like so, so much, much confidence. confidence. We had so um, much confidence with no experience. Yeah. Skill. <laughs> so we built this schoolie, traveled in it for nine months, and then COVID happened and we had to go back to Canada where we're from. So we still got a good trip in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We were cut six months, mm-hmm. six months short. Yeah. And so, we had these six months where we'd already said, Hey, we're not working. So we'd already like canceled our jobs. We didn't really have a place to stay. So we just moved to Emily's parents' house and said, we couldn't even find a place to stay. Cause everything was closed. Yeah. Like in Canada, it's like, no one was even doing open houses or anything. It's like, please do not leave your house. Yeah. So we were like, okay, well, I guess we'll stay at my parents' house because where else are we going to go? And like, we couldn't work and it just killed us to be sitting at home spending our trip money and not doing anything. Because this is like our hard-earned dollars that we knew were going to adventure. And now it's like, it's going to literally the furthest thing from adventure. It's going to you spending your first year married sitting at home with your in-laws. Like, that's like, oh, it's like the opposite of adventure. Um, We love my parents, but like, so. (laughs) So we met um, this woman when we were traveling who had bought an RV and converted it and sold it. And we said, hey, we built one thing one time. We can do that. Well, we built it. And we built our bus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so we tried it out, I think, 
five days after we got back home, we bought and had delivered our first RV. And, uh, and we just decided like, let's take all the money, the remaining money that we had saved for the trip and put it into this camper. And maybe it'll make us more money or maybe it will have just been a fun thing that kept us busy and kept us like feeling mm-hmm. positive and working on something versus just mm-hmm. sitting, sitting, twiddling our thumbs, wishing we could see our friends that we hadn't seen in a year. Mm-hmm. Started with the passion of, of travel that led to schoolies. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of gave us the building bug that as we were traveling, we were kind of like, oh, like, we know this trip has to end, but how can we somehow bring this sense of adventure back into our normal lives? Because just the the regular suburbia, you know, full-time job thing wasn't seeming as appealing as it as it was before we left on the trip. We we sold our first camper last August mm-hmm. and um it just like sold within like a few days. Like it was so and like we had a bunch of people coming to see it and news covered our story and that kind of thing. And it, it was just like, oh my gosh, we had so much fun doing it mm-hmm. and we love being creative and we love um, just building and taking our passion for interior design into, into something. And then it was so cool to be able to sell it one to show that we could do this as a business for ourselves. But yeah. then two, we were selling it to this family who was so thrilled that now they got to start adventure and, and do the kinds of things that we were loving doing and they got to do it because of us. And that was like, this extra, you know, cherry yeah, on top kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, whoa, we, we got to keep doing this. It was meant to just be kind of a one-off thing. And we were just pretending like it was a business because it made it seem way, way more credible. But um, <laughs> for, for the person who wanted to buy it, we were like, yeah, this is a thing we're doing now. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know if it was going to continue. Yeah, and exactly. now we're like, oh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. So then we bought another camper in January and have been working on that one. Hopefully- so let's slow down for a second. So um, just backing up a hair. So um, you mentioned the tiny living and schoolies, you know, had been on your radar previously, you know, to this. What put them on your radar? I don't even know if I know, to be honest. Like it just happened. Like I, YouTube, obviously for sure is like the main culprit, but I don't know. I was in university at the time. Jane and I were living apart, like two hours drive apart from one another. So we would just see each other on weekends. And during the week, you know, I'd finish school and then I'd, I was like, I was a university student. What else are you going to do? So you're just, you're thinking about, you're dreaming up what your future could look like. And I don't know, my, my parents, when they were uh, our age, when they were newly married, they went on the six month backpacking trip through Asia. And they just like, it really shaped them as a couple. And I just, I've always had that in my back of my mind of like, oh, I want to do that with my future partner. Like I want to do some sort of Thing that's going to allow us to get to know each other even more and and start us on the right foot of adventure in in the rest of our mm-hmm. lives together and I don't know I just I got obsessed with tiny homes through YouTube but I don't there wasn't any one memory like yeah. people have asked like oh where did it come from I'm like I don't really know just general boredom and looking on the internet I think maybe is the answer and I told Jane I told Jane in university like oh we should build a bus as well, after I graduate and yeah. like we should build a bus and we should do this. And she was like, okay, absolutely knowing with a hundred percent certainty that it would never happen. So she was just letting me have my dream and be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So might as well like say yes. But she never said no, but she said, yeah, (laughs) she said yes because she knew it wasn't going to happen. But what she didn't realize is that if she says yes, like it's going to happen, like I'm going to make it happen. So (laughs) Uh, so. And so for the, for the audience that might not know, um, you know, maybe they're new to this, what, what is a bus or a schoolie? Like, what's that even mean? Uh, so a schoolie is a school bus. So like a yellow North American school bus. I mean, it could be any bus, but that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. And you take the school bus. We bought ours off of like, it's called Kijiji, but it's like your Craigslist, your kind of secondhand online yeah. thing. But you get it from an uh, old school district or oh, somewhere. Just- it's a strange man in a parking lot is where you got them um, completely taken out all the kids seats, all the PB and A sandwiches, all the band-aids, all that. And you like put new insulation in, you can add new windows, but you in- essentially turn it into an RV, you turn mm-hmm. it into a camper. And it was really appealing to us getting into this because we didn't have a truck. We didn't have anything that could tow, um, 
that could tow a camper. So for us, it was actually cheaper to buy a school bus and renovate it ourselves than it would have been to buy a cheap camper that maybe was even $500 and renovate it because we had nothing to tow it with. Whereas a school bus tows itself. So it was cheaper than buying a truck and a camper, mm-hmm. which we, we felt like we didn't want to do. So, um, and then it just felt fun. Like it just felt like, <laughs> like a really ridiculous, like yeah. youthful thing to do. You were going to school to be a teacher at that time too? I was. And my kids were like really into the fact that like it was playing definitely into the myth that teachers live and teach and never leave the school. Like they live at the school because now it's like, oh, and you drive a school bus. Like people like they just thought teaching was my everything. So they were really into it. They loved this Mm -hmm. idea at the time. So Jane, at what point did you realize that Em was calling your bluff and was it kind of when she was shopping the schoolies or oh, much later? Honestly, it was like when I had $4,000 in my hand ready to pass it over to this like random parking lot man was when <laughs> I was like, are we really doing this? Like I still wasn't sure. She likes and to joke that still to this day, she doesn't know if it's going to happen. And yeah. I'm like, well, it happened and we lived <laughs> in it happened. for nine months. So I don't know. We were shopping for school buses and we had seen a few and she was still like, I don't know. Like, we don't know if we're doing this yet. Like, who knows if this will actually happen. Yeah, this is a fun weekend getaway to this weird small town and then we'll go to another one and meet people who own buses and sell them. But Hitting on that that point, um, you know, maybe you have more perspective now. What is it that you're looking for when you're shopping a bus that you might, you know, convert? Are there specific things that that you guys are looking for that people should maybe keep an eye out for? Definitely. It definitely changes. I will say it definitely changes based on where you live in the sense of, you know, in Canada, we have a lot of ice and snow on the roads in the winter. So how we deal with it is we pour salt everywhere to get traction. So because of that, we have a lot of rust underneath our vehicles. So if you're in a place that has a lot of rust or at what I've heard, like in California, since there's just so much salt air in the air, I guess they have different forms of rust. I don't know. (laughs) I can't speak to California very much. But what I can say is I know specific to our kind of region um, where we live, they use a lot of salt on the roads. So really corrodes the underneath so that was one thing that we had to really make sure it was like we you know google some things to look at like google what does a spring leaf mean and what should it look like and like you find these little terms and these things of hey what what would rust fastest on a vehicle and you go and look under but essentially school buses are just trucks um, just the back of where the truck bed is, is uh, meant to hold children. So it's like a big box, but the front of them, the engines and the underneath are the same as like a Ford truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, especially ours, because we ended up getting a smaller one where it was exactly the same. Yes, I will say for sure, for full length schoolies, like full length buses, um, they Hello. are a different beast entirely. But for the small ones, ours was five windows long. Um, they, they're the same full engine Mm -hmm. as, as just like standard trucks. So as long as you can like, and there's a lot of research out there for you to look at how to figure out if it's worthwhile or not. But for us, we just did a once over, um, when we showed up to the new places and look for rust, Mm -hmm. look for any holes in the floor, because you can't, um, at least in Canada, you can't transfer over vehicles to a new owner if there's holes in the floor <laughs> that have to, they have to be fixed. And that could be like really expensive. So mm-hmm. um, any kind of rust sp- stuff was our main thing. Yeah. And then just to turn on and does it break? <laughs> like, like, does it go and go, yeah. go and stop? <laughs> but then we also, for two buses, one so we first did the one summer yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. And, and then once we were like, okay, with our, yeah. our no knowledge, mm-hmm. we think this is a good deal. Like this one looks yeah. good. Then we would pay a mechanic to come out and just also do a, a look through of everything. So we did that for one bus and the mechanic that we hired said like, do, do not, not buy this. this. Like this is a huge waste yeah, of money. Yeah. They were like, not only do I think that it's a big waste of money and would cost so much to fix this bus because it just had mm-hmm. rusted spots or whatever. Um, they were like, it's, I don't even think anyone will take, take on this project because it's so much work like I don't think you could pay anyone like, to, hire do this. to do it yeah so we we're like whoa okay that was worth $50 knowing not to yeah, buy yeah this exactly thing. for sure well that's what would worry me 
really good vibes about. And then we took it to a mechanic and they, they came to us and were like, what are you buying this for? Oh, like you're getting a really good deal. Definitely. He should be charging you more. And we're like, amazing. We will take this. That's super amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Patience is another thing. Yeah. Don't take the first thing. Yeah. We were like so excited and every single bus we saw, we were pretty much ready to take it. (laughs) Then had to step back and go, okay. Were you pretty much looking for that size? Like, were you trying to keep it? Yeah, yeah. we were specifically looking for that size for sure. Cause we wanted, it's the maximum, the bus that we got is 20 feet long and that's the maximum like parking space size. So technically it's still like a truck. Like it's, it would block in everyone else if they parked mm-hmm. close to the lines, but Technically, it can fit still in one parking spot. And that really opens a lot because then you're never restricted on like campgrounds or although national parks have lengths of vehicles that they permit in the national park. And for us, that was our main plan. Mm-hmm. It was like, let's see as much as we can and see as many national parks as we possibly can in, in Canada and the States. Yeah. And so sticking in that size really opened up the trip for us, for sure. For sure. What's on the big size? Like what, what, did, what have you seen people? Oh, like 40, 40 feet? feet. Yeah. So it's most of buses are either 20 feet or 40 feet. There's like a few in between yeah. ones. They're hard to find, are... but they look so good. The ones that are like 30 feet are the exact half medium. They're yeah. so good. But, but yeah, I wanted to switch halfway through. I was like, I want to switch to a slightly bigger one just because I was jealous of the people who had showers and like oh, things yeah. like this. And we didn't do that. But, yeah. Um, Honestly, people uh, bus still have um, those things too. We just didn't prioritize it. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say it's a 20 foot bus. But the interior was 12 feet. So it's the interior living space is 12 by seven feet. So, um, so it's small, like it's a small, it's a van practically that you can fully stand up in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just definitely gets a few more head stairs than a van driving, yeah. down, <laughs> driving down the road. All right. So you've given this guy in the parking lot your money. You own a bus. How does one go about renovating a bus? Like, where did you guys start? We started by gutting it as much as we could. So. Well, I guess we started by watching every YouTube video we possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. could watch. Mm-hmm. And then feeling like we knew what was going on. And buying an angle grinder. Those things are essential for yeah. school buses. Oh, for sure. They are. There's so many metal things you just have to like, grind away. Like, yeah. as well. And then, yeah, and then we got it. Yeah. So take out all the seats, rip up the gross, like, linoleum and plywood flooring that they yeah. have on and there. And it had, like, a nice, like, cottage cheese oh. rotting situation under the floor. It like, makes it my was... stomach ill to this day, remembering yeah. that moment of ripping up uh. the flooring. It yeah. was a subfloor or something, like a padding or what? No, it was what just, was like, it? rotted. Like, it had rot. the wood had rotted oh. in between the two layers just because, you know, they don't build these things yeah. to, to last very long. So, um, yeah, ripping out everything, mm-hmm. ripping out the insulation, uh, resealing everything. So there was no possible spots for leaks. And when we were doing that, there was so many rainstorms. So it was like the perfect test. I was like, okay, well, nothing's ever dripping. So yeah. we should be good. <laughs> and then re-insulating everything, mm-hmm. bit, like framing up the floor, building up the floor, and then, and then starting to work on, um, actually yeah, like the putting the stuff in putting like the layout yeah we started with kind of our very easiest things that we knew we could do and then progressed to harder things like we started by building our bed because that's basically a plywood sheet and then uh legs six <laughs> legs and maybe four of the legs touched the yeah we call them ground. emergency legs because they didn't actually touch they're too short but we're like yeah if other legs break these ones are here in case of emergency yeah. So uh, nothing ever happened. We are, I will mention, we are selling the bus soon and we are going to be fixing these things now that we have better skills. So I will say we are not selling them with the emergency yeah, legs. We will actually legs. put in properly, but nothing actually broke. So no. obviously it shows you could do a way worse job than you think you have yeah. to for it to be fine. But, but we didn't know how to use anything. Like we used a drill one time and that was it. So, you know, we were... We were using all of our tools were from a local tool library that we had access to. Um, and they just lent out the tools and then we took them and then we were Googling like how to turn on circular saw, <laughs> like where to hold, <laughs> just make sure your hands aren't in the way. And 
uh, yeah, awesome. we hadn't used anything. So. And so I would imagine when someone takes on, uh, you know, something like a bus, generally they're starting, you know, clean slate, gutting it. It's this big, at least, you know, in the, the world of RV renovation, it's kind of like this big open space. Is there a, a common approach there? Is there like um, more often than not, do people put a certain sort of space, whether it's a bedroom or a dining room, like at the back? And it comes down to like a couple layouts pretty mm-hmm. much that you'll, you'll find online. Um, a really popular one is one that we did which is having a permanent bed in the back of the school bus. So the very back of the bus turned sideways. Um, so you're kind of sleeping horizontally in the bus is, is a permanent bed. That's really popular. And yeah. we went for that too, because I was like, like, I don't want to feel like I'm camping and making my bed every day. I want it to be like, this is my comfortable bed. And, mm-hmm. and then I want to be outside hiking. Like I don't need, I don't need a, this dinette, thing that also pulls out into the I just was like I want it to be just easy yeah um so that was what we went for and then you kind of up the sides and it always ends up being though I've seen in the 40 foot layouts you can do a lot but in a in a 12 foot interior space there's only so many options but then it kind of ends up being you have something on either side of uh, on each wall Mm -hmm. so for us we have on the right side of our bus is a couch um that flips up has storage underneath our fridge underneath that kind of thing so it's this massive couch, like six feet long. It's six it's, foot six. It's, it's really long. huge because we built it to be a single bed for if if her our tallest person we know, which is her brother, if he ever came and visited us, which he didn't. So I guess it wasn't needed. But anyway, so we built that out, and then the uh, the flip side, the other side, is the kitchen. So mm-hmm. we have the couch um, with storage underneath, and then just beside the couch, we have um, our toilet, a little coffee table that the top of the coffee table flips up actually and underneath the coffee table is where the composting toilet is so oh, as the coffee awesome. table converts every up, good it- home needs the toilet <laughs> coffee table don't you oh, for that sure. you're going to be putting your coffee yeah. in your snack and so it flips up and ends up becoming like a privacy wall so it ends up being becoming your bathroom um versus huh. you just like being out in the open so that's nice it kind of divides off the space but mm-hmm. then when you're not using the bathroom it's keeping the whole floor plan really really open Mm -hmm. so you'll have people make dedicated bathrooms for sure that that cut it but we wanted the whole space like you there nothing to really be blocking where your head was so the whole space was really 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 Mm -hmm. clear and open um so we didn't want to have anything super tall coming up that was gonna block that make it feel smaller so there's not like upper cabinets no and honestly like we have so much storage that like it was yeah, I, I don't think it was necessary. Out and under the bed and our kitchen cabinets, mm-hmm. we never were lacking storage. No, no, I mean, we would have like a lot. We would have food. I mean, when we had to quarantine for two weeks inside of our bus, like we were able to pack enough food for two weeks mm-hmm. in that bus. And it also has all of the stuff we need to cook with too, like our even our stove and our propane and all this stuff. So it works. Mm-hmm. We're not one to go grocery shopping very often. So if we can manage other people up. can manage yeah. for sure did you run all these systems then did you um so you said the like did you run water and electric we had, and so we had solar um for okay. in, yeah in terms of electric jane kind of headed the solar project yeah i uh became the biggest <laughs> solar nerd of like if it was a sunny day if my panels were at green like it changed my life like i would be in a mood based on like what our battery levels were for our solar panels so uh yeah i just found it like so fascinating and exciting that we were getting free electricity from the sun it was um so i loved it and uh yeah so we had electricity that ran um just a set of lights and then we had our cooler hooked up as well Um, so it was like a it was an electric cooler so it's not quite a fridge it doesn't set an exact temperature it just sets uh, I can't remember what it is in Fahrenheit, but it was like, so it, it kept our food. Yeah. Cold. We had no problems with it. Yeah, yeah, really. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had those four amenities in terms of electricity and then an outlet to charge our computers, phones, things like that. And then for water, we just did a gravity fed system. So we had basically a water jug on top of a shelf that would go down into our sink, which then had a gray water bucket underneath. So really rudimentary. We didn't want to go super extreme on, you know, plumbing, electrical, things like that, just because 
well, one, we were building it ourselves and didn't super know how. And then two, it's like, if you're on the road and your water pumps breaking and you're in the middle of the desert, what are you going to do? Whereas we had simple things that we knew we could fix. They couldn't break. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The thing, they were so low tech that it, yeah. like, how does water dripping from a high place to a low place break? It yeah, just exactly. Like, you open the spout, water comes yeah. out. So it's like, it was kind of good. It honestly would be like $50 to put in a, a water pump. Mm-hmm. Like it would it'd be a, such an easy thing for us to add in now yeah. if somebody were to want that. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's the electricals right there for it. But we just were like, it's so easy. Like, it's so just like you, there's nothing to worry about. You didn't have to worry about anything breaking. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah anyone could be in here and and know how to make it work. Yeah. So we did that. And then we had propane, um, a propane three burner, two burner, two burner stove. You can tell who the cook was. (laughs) (laughs) I made one thing one time. (laughs) Nine months. Oh God. (laughs) What do you, what do you guys think the biggest obstacle is you overcame in that renovation? Like working together, obviously we had different visions and, you know, starting, starting a project when neither of us really knows what to do, but we both had very good, I, we both thought we knew what, like how (laughs) many people do you know who are together and in business with their partner? I know right. that I'm asking you to, and you right. <laughs> We've been doing it for 20 years, but <laughs> right. But really, right. when you're going into renovation project, you're becoming, you're going into business with your partner, mm-hmm. and it's not just like a fun weekend thing. It's it's intense. It costs a like mm-hmm. it costs a lot of money. It's savings, yeah. and it's a lot of problem solving. And if you've never been a partner when they're trying to problem solve something that isn't in relation to your relationship or your you know yeah fun day kind of day, things, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's a little stressful yeah and I mean we're better for it now obviously we're, we know how to do it we know how to communicate now going mm. through that and and we're able to work but but you don't realize that you know you just see couples on Instagram and on YouTube and you're like oh they're doing wow. it looks so they're fun like fun. they look so cute so holding so their hammers. Like, yeah but then in meanwhile you're like sweating and swearing because this the screw keeps stripping and you're like "Mm -hmm." so it's just it's it's stressful and seeing your partner be under that stress and not taking it personally is something you have to work Mm -hmm. on and that comes with time your renovation after the bus has how's this relationship the the working together how's that progressed (laughs) do you guys have any systems in place i think it's a lot better um i think that we've realized that we like you know work and communicate and Different slightly ways. different ways and just like understanding that and understanding and, the ways that other person needs to hear things and, yeah exactly and that the way that the other person will communicate things and then you just have to interpret that into your own way but it, mm-hmm. it it's great like you have i i think every couple should do it but it may break you up like you yeah. might not make it through <laughs> i'm warning you but if you do you're definitely stronger for it yeah and I think anyone, any couple has gone, undergone like a huge renovation mm-hmm. um, that they've spearheaded themselves like that. They'll go, they'll be able to tell yeah. you the same story, right? Like and renovation has a way of just like getting in there. Yeah. But. And I think too, one of the key things that we've learned um, is balance as well of like knowing to step away from the project and go for a walk together and do like you're not spending, take it too seriously yeah, and like you're spending so much time together but it's all like working time and not relaxing time and I feel like it's you know important to also like spend time that isn't working on your thing but it's still together. like your relationship time mm-hmm. the time you would have spent if you didn't have yeah the same job. and not counting renovation time as relationship time because yeah. it's like you know we spend all the time all our time together why do we feel like we haven't even seen each other and it's because you know it's like a different mindset you're working the whole time mm-hmm. for sure well kudos to the both of you for uh growing and surviving yeah, uh, yeah we did we yeah. did it yeah right because i mean even with like covid in general like you hear about all the relationships that failed because mm-hmm. people were forced to spend the whole yeah. day together every day yeah you know, we and- accidentally started isolating with one another nine months before everyone else had to so we were like well we've we've been isolating for years now <laughs> it's been quite intense yeah, we hear no, you, and we've perfect. we've gone through a lot of that personally too. And I, you know, we have, we've been working together around like twenty years, and so that's uh, yeah. There's definitely like everything you said. 
yeah. hit, hit it right it's on the head. It's probably that learning curve at the beginning, right? Now you're now you're getting into a routine. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's if it works for you, for us, like I love working yeah. with her now, and I'm still a teacher. And when I have to go back to teaching, I'm like, I'm so sad to be leaving you. Like I just want to be yeah. working with you today, you know. <laughs> and it's it's maybe created some really unhealthy codependency. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> but we're really like it when it works. It, works and it feels like bliss and it's I feel so lucky to be able to work with my partner every day but um you know it's it's not for everyone (laughs) I won't I won't lie I won't say that it is because I I don't know if everyone should do it but maybe you should try I don't know so you guys embarked on this journey how did that all go a ton of similar to you know working with your partner living in an 80 square foot space well again it was isolation place. it was isolation before isolation was a thing like mm-hmm. that's what we we didn't know anyone we were traveling yeah. just one and, and we were just 24 7 together and that had never happened before so mm-hmm. it was but you also see like there's this pressure from instagram like yeah you see all these van lifers out there having like their bliss life and we were like wait, why am I still feeling like stressed or frustrated when we didn't get this thing? Or like, why am I not having the best time of my entire life? Mm -hmm. And then you feel guilty for it, which makes you only feel worse because now you're feeling guilty when you're living, you're supposed to be living your dreams. So I think we had to come to the realization of like, oh, you're still the same people. You're just in a bus now traveling. Mm -hmm. Like you're not all of a sudden having the most perfect life. You just like you're, you're still you, right? Real life still happens. You still yeah. have to do your laundry. You still have to clean the dishes after you eat. You still have to do these things you normally don't like doing. Like, so it's, you know, and you still have to find where you're going to sleep every mm-hmm. night and do all this stuff. So it was like a lot of managing our expectations yeah. and like rearranging our view of what the trip would be. But then by the end of our trip we got into like a super good routine where like it was it was just so great like the last maybe probably I guess two and a half months were so we're like never we were never upset like we were just so happy it took us so long to get there to be like this is how much water we'll be using and this is where to find it this is like a good place like to just figure everything out took a really long time but it was so worth it in the end because it for you know two two and a half of the nine months which sounds ridiculous because I mean obviously there were times before then when it was great but like once we finally got into a routine oh that was like a good chunk so great Mm -hmm. it's like oh cut us off right at the worst time ever it was like we were having such a nice time they cut (laughs) us off at the beginning when we were both kind of like I don't even know if we like this like yeah (laughs) maybe we would have been okay but we were like oh come on we were just loving it at the beginning of the trip we literally had a conversation where we said should we sell the bus, take all of the money that we saved and just go to Europe for a month and (laughs) and just blow it all. Like just, you know, and, and in part it was because, you know, there's this, we were having, we were putting too much pressure on ourselves and on the trip. We had this pressure of as soon as you get in the van and you pull away, it's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And any, so then anytime there wasn't something, there was something that was mildly imperfect. It made us upset because we were like, this is supposed to be perfect. What's going on. Yeah. But then we additionally had the extra pressure of, it was also acting as our honeymoon and on your honeymoon, you're just lovey dovey and everything's perfect. And you're just having the nicest time. And there's no, not a care and not like not a worry in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we had these two things, these two like stigmas telling us we're supposed to be having the absolute most perfect time. And, you know, in reality, it was a super intense heat wave, like one of the hottest heat waves that was hitting Canada. And there was a hurricane that came through, like we didn't have AC, we were so hot, people were coming like, like, I don't know, like telling us to leave. And like, it was just like, it wasn't the perfect thing that we had pictured it being. And we had to just come to realize like, that's okay. Like, it's okay. You don't have, it doesn't have to be perfect for it to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And once we came to that, it's not like we didn't have problems in our last two and a half months, but we just didn't let the problems bother us because we could see the greater picture. We were thankful to be there. We were thankful to be Mm -hmm. having all these new experiences and we didn't let let it bother us. So because of that, we were just always positive. Yeah. Like having such a good mindset. That's a lot what life is all about, 
right? I mean, well, it's, yeah, sure. it's not just bus life. It's <laughs> no, very true. That's, yeah, no, so absolutely. True. I think I read on your blog a story oh, yeah. to um, was this early on when you you like literally got stuck in the mud with the bus. That was about maybe four or five months into our trip. So we should have known better. We should have like known our bus enough to like know its capabilities. But, but I will say in our defense, it was totally dry. We were out of the region of like having um, data on our phones and stuff. Like we were just out of cell reception, which is why it made it so much scarier. That we so you're just stuck. like in the middle of nowhere. We were in the yeah. middle of nowhere in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia. I'm going to yeah, say yeah, maybe, yeah, North, so. maybe North Carolina mm-hmm. at that point. But anyway, in the Blue Ridge Mountains, like yeah. there. And it was amazing. It was a gorgeous place. And we had this campfire on this like free land that you're allowed to camp at in National Forest. And um, and then it rained overnight and we didn't even think anything of it because it's rained plenty of times. And mm, you, hear, yeah. you hear the rain on the tin roof and you're like, oh, this is a dream. Like, and then we woke up in the morning and just had a lazy morning, whatever. And then, okay, we should probably leave. And yeah, and we got stopped. Yeah. Step outside our bus and it turns out we are like in a mud pit full of slippery leaves and it was so deep it's because it was it was fall at that point Mm -hmm. and it was all the leaves had just fallen and now they're all covered in mud and water and it was just like a slip and slide and it was just massive cliff too or not cliff that's like seems way too dramatic it was this massive hill yeah and and so it's like if we went backwards to try to go forwards again it was just putting us backwards like it wasn't helping And then there was a point where if we went back too far, we would have gone right off the edge of the cliff yeah, and broken our mirrors off all these trees. Yeah. It was stressful. And it was, but I will say, because we had the stress of the bus build and that we had tried to learn to how to like, how mm-hmm. to, how to react and how to work together through stressful situations, which we hadn't been previously really in, in, in our relationship. We were pretty privileged not to have a very stressful relationship. So mm-hmm. we, now we were in another high stress scenario of we're yeah. stuck in the middle of nowhere. We haven't seen a single person. Like we saw one person that morning, like hours before we hadn't thought about anything of it. And we haven't, no cars, no other cars have driven by. We don't even really know where we are on the map. So we don't know which direction we could walk to find the closest people to get someone to help us. Oh no. We have no idea. Like we, we wouldn't know we're in the middle of this mountain. So do we climb up to the top of the mountain or do we go down and assume there's a town? I like, and we were like, nope, let's just, we're going to just we're going to figure it out. We're going to get ourselves out of here. And I am not joking you. I was the main driver. I saw, I, I was sitting in the car throughout the whole trip. I was the main driver and throughout life, (laughs) just kind of the driver, not because Jane's not a good driver, just because I'm way too controlling. And if she drives, I'm like, like we're going to die. And like, we're totally fine. But I know it's in my head, but anyway, so I was sitting in the car and I was, she was telling me forward, backward, forward, backward, that kind of thing. And I swear to God, she was going into the forest and it was hunting season, which also made this extra stressful. Oh my God. Like going in the forest and like collecting little sticks, but she was there collecting all these twigs and pretty much weaving together like bridges to go from these twigs to go over top of this, these mud holes and these roots and creating ramps out of all of these twigs. And as soon as you drive over them, they push them so deep into the mud that you have to now go collect more. So she probably collected thousands of twigs yeah. that day and like wove together this like it was hours intense bridge. She it was it was three I think it was I three so. full like hours that. of us and it was like maybe ten feet like we were ten feet away from the road like it was not a far distance. It just we were going like just you know uh, an eighth of an inch by an eighth inch you have to kind of go forward four inches and then back two and then felt like forward forward back 10 I swear yeah it was wild but we got out we did obviously Uh, we're not still (laughs) yeah (laughs) coming live from Blue Ridge Parkway no um we got out and it was pouring rain oh yeah, yeah also it was pouring rain this entire time so she's just covered in mud like I also thought that I would be strong enough to help by pushing the bus. And I know, was like, you're stuck in the snow. You get behind you get a, a bush. bunch of push, yeah. Bush. That's what Canada taught us. Me and our bus. That I don't even know how many tons it weighs, oh, but like probably four you know. billion tons. But I so swear, I would also be 
shouting at M. Whoa! And then I would be, well, just pretending to push because I doubt no, I you were, but you were pushing, I was with, pushing your full with my might. full might, and the mud would <laughs> from the back wheel would skid up and just cover my entire so she, and her glasses were just covered like she'd have to take, take it take off and there would just be circles for where them where her glasses were it was very comical but it was so stressful because we didn't know what was gonna happen any pictures of this and, oh yeah we took a few pictures i took a video um yeah yeah I took a video of it. I we've posted on our Instagram. We I made a little story or a little video about it in our on our YouTube channel uh, that I posted oh you know, probably a year ago now. Check it out. But it's there. It's there. Yeah. You can dig through. It was this intense yeah. moment, but we got out and it was like I had never been prouder of someone in my entire life. <laughs> like I was so proud of this person and I happened to be married to this person that it was like one of the like highest points of my life was just being like like you did it yeah I don't know how I don't know if you could again but you did it and oh my gosh and we were both just beaming we were so proud that you know again it was like it felt like this huge lesson of like you just have to decide you're not gonna give up yeah like that's it and it's that was what the schoolie taught us too. And like, that's what then, you know, this getting stuck in the mud taught us. And that's what us building our first camper taught us is like, if you decide you want to do it, you can do it. Did you hug her or make her go clean up first? I, I think I made her stand in on, the, like, it's not like we had seen cars and so no one was coming. And I just made her practically shower in the rain. Yeah. And then I was throwing <laughs> clothes out. Oh, it was raining as you're doing yeah. this? Oh. I don't care. Like, whatever. Well, that's an amazing See, everybody story. doesn't get those stories. No. You know, and some couples have to pay for therapy. And this is, you know, yeah, that's gonna all bring it you is. closer <laughs> than, than being stuck in, stuck in the forest. and. Yeah. I wonder what it is in your uh, in your past, Jane, the, the the bridge building, stick weaving skills. Like where, where is that somewhere deep in your ancestors? Um, you from there? ancestors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from my, you know, pioneer great great grandparents oh, yeah, well. just living in like huts of bone on the. Right. There has to be some like, you know, in yeah. the, like primal, like. Oh, for sure. Some, something or another that came to the surface. Just like a feral child and just like, the wolves told me to do this. Like, God. I could picture you howling in the mud. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, basically. She was pretty much the foot without Yeah. The next day, she couldn't move. Like, it was like she had oh. been run over by the bus. Yeah, like, was she was so, so sore because she gave it her all. It was basically like, so you just went to a brick wall and pushed really hard. As hard it. as you for could like, for three hours. And like, while oh, wow. mud and rocks were being just hurled at your face. <laughs> so how did you guys come up with the name Camp Lovesick? Where does that come from? Okay. So it originally it, it originally came from um, we were <laughs> first going into work together as I was just making some embroidery stuff and some art and we were opening a little booth um, at these arts markets. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of our like art brand. And we have this general vibe of just like being looking like we're always camp counselors, even though like Jane's 32, she just like still looks like she's a camp counselor. And like, that's just like our general aesthetic is like, are you currently counseling some children right now? But it was just this name that yeah kind of kept applying to all of the things that we were doing yeah and now we're like oh yeah it feels like yeah we love camping and we were so like head over heels for camping and adventure and now all of a sudden it it works in that context Mm -hmm, and then and then we started this camper renovation business and we're like now we renovate campers and the name of it is camp lovesick like well that also applies so it's kind of gained meaning as Mm -hmm. we've gone and we like that it just sends out this message of like we're so we're so in love with the world and camping and nature that you know we're sick we're sick about it (laughs) (laughs) so you guys got back um from your trip and you decided to renovate a travel trailer how do you feel that renovating that travel trailer differed from renovating the schoolie but we weren't yelling most of the time um (laughs) we had nine months of us traveling in the school lead that we renovated together it was like we'd spent so much time with one another we had been Mm -hmm. under so much so many stressful scenarios like the mud you know yeah Mm accident yeah yeah that we knew how to communicate with one Mm -hmm. another and we knew 
you know, it was still a learning curve. Yeah. Um, we still but we had way that. more experience in terms of tools and building and things like that. We had a general, under- a general understanding mm-hmm. of construction. Yeah. And, and I think too, by that point, not only had we lived in a small space for a super long time, we'd also had a chance to meet other people living in buses and RVs and vans and things like that. So we had a really good sense of like what a space needs to be. Just really good repertoire yeah, of uh-huh. like what what are our options? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just oh Google a thing and and see what you like. It's like how do you feel that changed? Like the before to you know to this point. Like what did you learn about that? Right. Like before it was just I think this is gonna work. I think and it's just here we had lived in a tiny space. We knew how much storage was appropriate when it where like where you want the storage. I mean, mm-hmm. you like, we knew h- how the function, we always had the, the aesthetic because I've just been um, really into like art and interior design for my whole life. But we, we understood based on living in it ourselves and then meeting, you know, hundreds of people who were living in it and seeing their spaces mm-hmm. and hearing their comments about their spaces. We got a really good, well-rounded sense of what needs to happen in a tiny space for it to feel functional and beautiful. Are there specific things that you feel uh, you changed your perspective on? Like, is there is there any like one thing you can point to and be like, you know, beforehand we thought this was a good idea and now after, you know, that nine months and, mm-hmm. you know, living, living in the bus, it really should be like this is the most practical or reasonable way to do something. I think, I mean, it, our the camper that we got was laid out so poorly I think what is oh I think you either want something if something has a function you want it to be a function that functions fully not something that sort of works like Mm -hmm. in this camper that we had our first camper like the door there was a door to the bathroom oh yeah but one it didn't fully open and two it hit the closet across from it um was had like a huge space at the top and a huge space at the bottom so it like didn't give you the privacy you wanted like auditory privacy (laughs) and it just didn't like work open and closed and so it's just and the only way to access the bathroom was you had to fully go into the Mm -hmm. bedroom and slightly climb on the bed so you could open the door so you could get into the bathroom so it was like this door is ridiculous yeah so it's just like and I find in a lot of campers there seems to be a lot of like Sure, that sort of works, but I think it's better to, we ended up just like taking out the, it all, the door already didn't block the sound. And we said, you know what, that's already a compromise. So we're just going to take it out and put in a curtain instead. Um, And then, and it's like a useful curtain and it's something that actually works into like, yeah. Cause now there's a perk to it, right? It's the same con of Mm -hmm. there's no like noise dampening, but you have the perk of it's way lighter weight and it's actually functional. In terms of our bus, honestly, like we, our assumptions were pretty bang on with what our needs were. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think we would change our bus if, if we were going to head back out on the road for another year, I don't think we would really change anything about it. It worked really well for us. But Mm -hmm. when we see campers now, we look and we're like, whoa, all of these things are really bad and yeah, really yeah, like exactly. inefficient mm-hmm. and it's just or they just don't think about the same things like in this new camper that we're renovating now it's like you walk in the door but there's where are you going to put your shoes like when you get into a space if you're you're using this in the summer you're going to the beach and stuff you have a whole bunch of sandy shoes and sandy stuff it's like that's something that there needs to be a place for there needs to be a place for like things that we, you know, there the needs to be things. a dedicated like spot for your garbage and recycling, just things like that, that you might not think about unless you're actually living in the spaces. Mm-hmm. And you That's have fun. to, it's almost as though it's changing our mindset because we're going into renovating campers now with this mindset of, of seeing all of these different um, vans and schoolies and tiny homes and thinking about it from this like tiny living mindset versus I feel like, I mean, this is throwing a lot of shade, but I feel like uh, camper builders are coming from the mindset of people who've lived in houses and now just taking Mm. a house and making it smaller 
And it's like, no, they're not the same thing. A tiny house isn't just a house that's small. It's like very efficient, very functional. Like every single inch of space counts. Mm -hmm. So every single inch of space should have a purpose for something. Even if that purpose is to give yourself a break and have some open space to, to feel airiness and openness, like that's still a very valid purpose. But why would you put those four inches then behind the couch? Like that's not helping. So it's kind of, we have this like, making everything serve a purpose and, mm. and have way more pros than it does cons. Um, and that having that outlook and going in with that critical eye then made us really, we made some bold changes in our first camper. Like we changed the layout of it pretty decently yeah. just by, uh, changing the bathroom and like we doubled the size of the bathroom and, um, it was pretty wild, but, uh, that's just, because we we knew that it needed to be done like we knew that it was just a waste if we didn't Mm. do it do you have a preference um between the two uh the two genres like travel trailer camper versus schoolie which if you were to pick one remodel over the others or a direction now schoolie is like you're doing the whole thing yourself so if that's exciting to you of like you want to know how to build the frame of a couch or you want to know how to like you're doing everything it's Mm -hmm. it's just a open you know, space, a box and you fill the box. Whereas campers, it's like, you can still gut it if you want to, but if you get one that's in decent shape, you could just fix it. Like you could make things nicer in it and, and work with off of what has already been done. Mm -hmm. You aren't worrying about plumbing and electricity and or even you still are you're still running it but at least they've already thought of the the where the pipes go when you're running new ones you know what I mean so it's it's less of the the planning and more of the doing I think with camper renovations and schoolies are way more of the planning and uh I mean still equal doing but like they're way more you're figuring out your whole layout because you're starting from scratch right Mm -hmm. um I think it would be comparable to just getting a camper that's just a shell like an outer shell and you're building the whole thing yourself it's a it's similar thing right but so how do you feel personally though which which one would you pick i'm so i'm very pro camper these days to live in or to do again like to build to to take on as a project well i guess both give us both perspectives okay okay my answers are different okay i think both I'm pro camper, like after building the schoolie, then moving over to a camper where it's like, oh, I don't need to figure out how I'm going to cook and where I'm going to use the bathroom and things like that. And I can just like make it look really nice. Yeah. Was like so refreshing. The and fun it's part. Just, yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, oh, I'm not like hauling these like nasty seats out. Obviously there's a lot of like nasty stuff that you're hauling out in a camper renovation. But it doesn't too, last but as it's long. Like, it doesn't last as long. And it just gives you like, such a foundation already whereas a schoolie is like so blank that there ends up being like a lot more of that like time where things look bad before you can like make it look good and Mm -hmm. also also campers in general are so so ugly that in some ways the transformation is so much more extreme even than going from a school bus to a schoolie like going from something that's like horrifically ugly throw a coat of paint on add some nice trim and suddenly it took you you know not that long to make it incredible yeah I think for so for living in um now we're probably Mm -hmm. gonna go with campers because we can afford to buy a truck now years years have happened (laughs) um which is exciting and so now it makes sense for us um I think the reason for us like for living in why I'd prefer a camper is because I, I like the option of how, like we could detach the house from the vehicle part. Um, so that that's, that is exciting for us because, uh, I would like to just leave my house in one spot and then go get groceries. But with that being said, it was so convenient so many times that you just bring your whole house with you everywhere you go. You never have to remember anything because it's always right beside you. So it's with you. It was yeah, nice. Exactly. It was when nice. we got home, we kept forgetting our wallets because our we wallets were always just like right there beside us in our house, which is also there, which is also the car. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or you, you're getting groceries and they're like, should we put these in bags? And you're like, no, it's okay. And they're like, you're just putting everything. And we're like, well, yeah, it's going directly into my fridge, which is just happens to be outside you know so it was was great but uh that was a little bit of a (laughs) sidestep but I will say so I think 
having the ability to detach them makes more sense for where we're going in our future because we're not thinking there's going to be years on end where we're full-time living in a camper or a school again and so we would like to be able to have it so that we could use the truck on a regular basis as well like we've had the school bus this whole time but we're only using it to travel in like I'm not going to go get our groceries with the school bus so uh anymore it just seems a little wasteful so um that's kind of our or one thing I would like to work on it or live in those now. Mm-hmm. But I think for people starting out, I would definitely school buses just make sense. Like they're not that expensive and it's you're you're choosing your own battle, you're picking your own path. What is that yeah. expression? Like you're you're you get to decide how much it's gonna cost you and how extravagant mm-hmm. or luxe or simple it's going to be because it's you who's doing the whole thing. And that makes it really accessible. Like, yeah, if you only have $6,000, the whole thing could cost you only $6,000. Like you'd have to get creative, but it could work, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas that's the same thing with the camper for sure. If you're renovating a camper, but then how are you moving it? So if moving Mm -hmm. it is a thing that matters to you, I would say school buses are like the easiest setup if you don't already have own a car that has the ability and to two with a school bus you know exactly like you're putting all the systems in so you know exactly what you're getting and you know how everything works whereas in a camper it's like you could renovate three quarters of it and then hook it up to water and then like all of your pipes end up leaking mm-hmm. and being bad and you're like oh shoot I've already put all this time in yeah, I don't know true. how to fix all of these things or fix the furnace or whatever whereas in a school bus like everything you, know, you put in there you did so mm-hmm. you know how it all works if anything breaks you built it mm-hmm. in the first part so you can fix it yeah. you know so it's it forces you to know everything about the vehicle that you're living in Whereas campers, you can just put a coat of paint on it and hope that it's okay. But behind that wall, it's actually rotting. Like, and mm-hmm. you have no idea, right? Because you didn't know what to check for. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I don't know. There's perks and pros and cons to both. I think it kind of depends on what life stage you're at. Personally, mm-hmm. right now, we're in the life stage where we're selling our bus and we're um, going to get a truck and a truck top camper. So just like a tiny little oh, wow. guy. It's pretty much yeah. going to be just a little bit smaller than the inside of the school bus um so that's that's perfect for us Mm -hmm. perfect for the kind of adventures we want to have yeah um but then we can when we're off when we're not doing our adventure and we're back to work we can just take the truck topper off and use it to go get stuff from Mm -hmm. home hardware or whatever that's the canadian one but (laughs) our hardware store home depot (laughs) i had another question uh specifically about schoolies i just thought about to me like a school bus is almost like a tank like it's just so so giant so heavy um with travel trailers like a lot of times you have to have consideration to how much weight you're putting into them is that is that a concern with a schoolie or is it like there's so much cargo capacity that it doesn't it isn't it isn't i don't think it's a concern in the sense of like you wouldn't be able to drive it anymore but it it is a concern in the sense of if you're planning on doing this big trip and you're, you're planning on driving a lot in your schoolie, um, then the less it weighs, the better gas mileage you're going to get. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more just in that sense, but I don't think in terms of living, like what you would yeah. put in to make it livable. I don't think you really have to be worried. Yeah. About. Like our bus had 10 seats in it and we could barely lift a single seat by ourselves like the two of us had to lift the seats like we took out so much weight that I feel and like- it's meant to carry kids too mm-hmm. so all that weight as well right Classic. so so I think I think in terms of mechanics like you you could put whatever you want inside of a schoolie I don't think maybe not like a hot tub but no maybe. but we know somebody with a sauna so you could cool. do that <laughs> but wow but like you could put you you wouldn't really have to worry about the weight I don't mm. think like I've yeah. seen somebody with a piano in there so yeah. like it's like a full pi- not a keyboard like a piano so it's uh but you know the more weight you add obviously the less uh, economical it is to drive mm-hmm. so if it, it just if you're thinking you're only just going to use it to travel short distances and do these kinds of things and whatever put your piano in it go do it have the best life yeah. but um for us we just we moved the piano the out of the house so i can i can directly visualize how how heavy that that would be to add to something that's but for us it was we knew we were gonna do pretty much the perimeter of north america more or less well canada and the states i'll say so not north america but um you know we we're gonna do the perimeter of it and 
uh, we knew that meant a lot of miles. So we, we were trying to make it fairly, you know, we were only putting in materials that we knew had a purpose and, and were necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, that was the thing that we did, but you don't really have to worry about it. I don't think. Yeah. I love that you guys are, are definitely proof that if you dream something, you can make it happen. If there's someone out there right now that's considering taking on a schoolie renovation, um, what's like some advice you have for them? Can I one piece? You yeah. Say, oh no, you, you say, say I don't know. I already have. Okay, well, you say it. Yeah. <laughs> My one piece is um, know that it's not going to be perfect and know that it's the thing you build isn't going to be perfect, but also the experience of building it isn't going to be perfect. You're going to run into hurdles. You're going to run into like times where you think maybe I should quit. And my biggest piece of advice is just don't take that. Like, just don't decide not to quit. Like that just, if you have it in your mind, it's going to work out. It's going to work out because I know you won't let it like not, Mm -hmm. you know? So for us, it was just like, no, we will keep coming across problems and we'll keep solving them to the best of our abilities. And maybe it's not what we expected. Maybe it didn't turn out in the exact same way that we had had envisioned, but it turned out. And that's the thing that counts because now you still have it, you have it and you can use it and you can go and keep dreaming and Mm -hmm. doing those adventures that you, that led you to start this process in the first place. So I think it's honestly a a lot of it is mindset. It's just deciding to realizing the expectations and realizing that it's not going to be bliss, hashtag bliss the whole time, you know, but uh, that's okay. Like that's, that's life. Like that. And just like, also be patient with yourself and like if you make a mistake just don't be scared uh, of failure like it's fine Mm -hmm. Jane and I would say often when we were building the bus the first time like we never went to college for this we never did like a trades program so any mistake that we would have and we'd be like oh like that material we can't use it now and it costs us thirty dollars like oh that like and you know and, and you're kicking yourself for it because you're trying to make your money go the furthest you can you just say well that's $30 towards our college tuition of figuring out how to do this you know what I mean like school costs so much and that's a whole thing entirely but uh but it was just like you know maybe make up a little excuse for yourself to give yourself some space and give yourself some grace for when you mess up like that's how we learn and Mm -hmm. I know that's the teacher and me coming out but like it's just it's fine to fail and don't be so scared of it and when you when you fail don't beat yourself up like be like okay cool now I know and then for next time it is easier because you made that mistake before um and and just being okay with it Mm -hmm. being okay with it and moving forward you've really uh summed it up really perfectly it just kind of makes you even feel even more even though we live this on a day-to-day basis that rv renovation might be a metaphor for life and all the puzzles you come across (laughs) and like moving forward and you know i think i think you put this so well and we we appreciate the time you've taken to to share with us and all the information and the stories um is there what are the best places for people to to kind of catch up with with you and the work that you're doing and do you have any other services that you're offering up that that people could uh take advantage of so instagram's Instagram's definitely our biggest one we've been on and off youtube and i think we'll continue to be on and off youtube more just depends right now i'm also i'm also a full-time teacher so it's just how much how thinly can we stretch ourselves Mm -hmm. you know but uh, Instagram we're never gonna let that die it's definitely Mm -hmm. been so cool as I connect with so many people and and create a sense of community there and um, inspire people and have other people inspire us and like have that all build off in one another so it's at camp lovesick on Instagram that's our that's our biggest one but on and off we'll definitely in the future through Instagram you'll see like we'll have YouTube videos and you know, I've been exploring Maybe. TikTok, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just mainly to understand what the kids are talking about. And uh, it's probably over already. Oh, I know. I know. We all missed it. I'm like... still on MySpace. So if anyone wants to follow me there. <laughs> not true. Yeah. Not true. But Jane, you know, when when she's really inspired, works on our blog and that mm. kind of thing. So uh, we, we do a lot of different things, but Instagram is the main one uh, in terms of services. Honestly, we were experimenting with doing some custom things for people, some custom homes. And we kind of realized this sounds so bad, but kind of realized we just like being our own bosses more. (laughs) And so we honestly, like we, I think 
for our future for now, we're thinking that, yes, you, if, if you are listening to this and you are thinking you need someone on your side who has some experience, uh, we would definitely consider being hired on as a consultant. But other than that, uh, you can buy the things that we make or, or just admire them. (laughs) And uh, we're probably not going to work on something with you mainly just because we are hard enough to work with as it is just the two of us. So (laughs) probably shouldn't add another person. Yeah. But our camper that we're renovating now will be finished in the spring. And then we're also going to sell our bus in the spring. If anyone wants a pre-made schoolie. Yeah. Or- awesome. Okay. Those will just be listed on your website or do you have plans? Our website Instagram? and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. for sure. Cool. Yeah. Instagram's the main one. So if you follow mm-hmm. us on there, you, you won't miss it. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having us. It was nice to talk to you. That was so nice to talk to you both. We appreciate it. So lots of life lessons there. Yeah, maybe they'll have to be a schoolie in our future. You never know. So <laughs> thanks again to Em and Jane. And make sure if you haven't already to go ahead and follow them over on Instagram and on their website at camplovesick.com. And if you'd like to show, please be sure to subscribe. You can find links to do that on our website at newlookrv.com. And if you have any friends who are interested in RV Renovation Nation, be sure to tell them all about the show. We also have a YouTube channel where video versions of the podcast, as well as other great content, is shared. And of course, to stay up to date with us and the other projects we have going on, check us out on Instagram. See you next time, RV Renovation Nation.